what a great, great set of words. I really love the sentiment of that song. Great is your faithfulness. One of the greatest life-changing positions to take in our thought life, in our faith life, is to reflect on His faithfulness. I don't know about you, but I'm very aware of my shortcomings. And uh, I've got lots of them. Um, most of them are very private and not to be disclosed, not because of anything other than it's none of it, no one else's business, but God knows. But that needs to be literally put aside, especially in worship, to reflect on His faithfulness. His goodness toward you and me for 2023 is not a maybe. His goodness, He can't be anything else but good to you and me. Sometimes that's packaged up in what things that don't look good, but that's the way God rolls. Jesus' death on the cross didn't look good, but it was good. It saved us from our sin. And so that's just an example to me of sometimes we're looking for God's packaging of the good thing for us, the blessing in our life to arrive in a certain format at a certain time. And God's got a plan for it to arrive at exactly the right time in the format that he's determined. And uh, sometimes that's material, sometimes that's conversational, sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's a brand new friendship. Sometimes it's the end of the road for something. Sometimes it's brand new business. I'm not sure what you're dreaming of for 2023. But I do know this, that song is the key. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, to me, to us, to my family, to our families, to this family. So let me pray as we just have a seat and I'll get into some thoughts I felt laid on my heart to bring this morning to encourage us into 2023. Lord, we just give you thanks for the year that was. Lord, it's like all of our histories, riddled with moments of joy and sadness. Lord, moments of victory and breakthrough and, and moments when we might have felt completely overwhelmed and conquered by circumstance or situation. But Lord, I pray today that each one of us would have a seed of faith sown into our hearts this morning in this next little while. This message would sow a seed of hope, sow a seed of gratitude, sow a seed of wonder and awe at how faithful and great you are, that we can launch into 2023 confident that no matter what's happened previously, that you will continue to walk with us and we can know you and know your ways as you lead and guide us by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the church. We thank you for his body here on planet Earth. Bless this church. Bless our congregation. Bless the church across the Adelaide Hills, Lord of every persuasion that preaches Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. We pray for our city of Adelaide, Lord, that it would flourish as the church takes its place confidently acknowledging the faithfulness of God. We ask these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. God bless you, church. You may be seated. So can you. Just having to think about it. We might come back to great as your faithfulness in a moment. Well, I don't know. I didn't actually go back and check, but this is one of those occasions. First of the first sermon for the year. And it's like being around the block with this one a few times, a bit like Christmas Day. Like, what do you say? You've all been around, well, not all of you. Some of you have been around, around this block more times than others. You know, I'm talking about New Year's Eve, New Year. It's like, for me, it's, it's a number of them. 
And it's like, well, what, what, what is it that is about a reset? What is it about a reflection on the year that was? I mean, we could just have a calendar that doesn't really acknowledge any changeover of year. It could just be, just goes, we don't even give them years, we just, but we do. We give things like time a quite significantly structured format around it so we recognise repeated patterns, the seven days of the week, the four seasons of the year. If you live in a place in the world where there are four seasons, there's lots of things that are repeated and I think that's a good thing. But sometimes it can end up being a thing that causes us to be a little complacent. And so I'm hoping that um, you're not complacent about 2023, not complacent about the fact that here we are again with what, as Julie described, some people are into New Year's resolutions. I've decided they're pretty not that important to me either, um, not because of anything other than um, I shouldn't actually have to wait for a new year to actually attach my, my faith to something God wants me to do now. Uh, it would be a shame to wait till New Year's Eve 2023, down the other end of the year, to do something that I was supposed to have done like tomorrow because I'm waiting for a special occasion of something to turn up. So um, I thought, well, what, what is important to remind us about in, in church life in 2023? And I found myself poking around in the book of Haggai and uh, I, I was wondering what that was about because it's a bit of a, it's an interesting story of challenge to a group of people, the Israelites, who are returning from captivity. And I began to be aware that we are not like the Israelites coming back from the captivity of being in Babylon and overtaken by a war, uh, essentially. But we are coming out of what has been a very challenging season and we've got some strong headwinds in front of us in 2023 if economists and politicians are to be trusted to tell us the truth, which is not always the case. But um, that aside, one would have to be living under a rock, I think, to not be aware that we've got some economic challenges in front of us. The cost of living is pretty severe. The cost of energy uh, across the world has been impacted by the Ukrainian war, um, amongst other things. There's a whole lot of forces at work that are um, making it really easy for us to focus on what I would call low-level issues, because they are actually, according to the Bible, really low-level. And so we've got this challenge, and the people coming back from captivity ended up having a conversation with God through the mouth of this prophet Haggai, and he says this to them in Haggai chapter 1, this is verse 2, this is what the Lord Almighty says, these people say, that is basically the community out there, that is the, uh, the, the general majority and in a democracy, the majority of people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. So they've turned up back in Jerusalem, the temples are completely destroyed mess and their priority, and I would say in lots of respects, quite rightly, let's just fix up where we're living first. Let's get a roof over our head. Let's get food on the table. Let's just get things sorted. And God's, God is going to have none of that. Let me say that again. God is not having that. Some of you will have come across in studies, I'm sure, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, it, like, I, I've contemplated 
this. I've preached that around about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, uh, you can Google it just to get some more information on it. But basically, this guy's come up with a theory that there are things that need to be attended to for a human being that are incrementally or hierarchically related to each other. And so he starts off with, for example, most human beings need to have food, shelter, sense of um, just the basic necessities of life. Once those things are sorted out, you can start thinking about other things like security, uh, a sense of being of safety. That's the second level of his hierarchy. The third area is, is love and belonging. So the way he's thinking about this and his presentation of ideas is that being loved and belonging won't really matter to you if you're starving. In other words, the priority in life is going to be, I need food and I need it now. The problem that we have as Christ followers is this. Maslow's ideas are logical and in lots of respects they work and I think are important. So I'm not saying what he says is, is nonsense or not applicable, but the line of being a faith-filled Christ follower draws a line across um, a whole lot of Maslow's hierarchy at a high level because Jesus himself says in, in Matthew chapter 6, let me read what he says about worrying about these things. Don't worry about your life. This is in Matthew 6, 25. Jesus is not having a conversation with Abraham Maslow about his hierarchy of needs. Jesus is saying, well, there might be a hierarchy of needs, but let me tell you this, don't worry about your life. What you'll eat, what you'll drink, about your body, what you'll wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. How can he say that? How can Jesus have the nerve to say that to us when he knows we need food and we need clothes? especially in some parts of the world where it's minus 30 degrees at the moment. You need clothing. It wouldn't last long out there in your birthday suit. Um, like, wh what is that? And I began to think that, that that's the issue of faith. Faith says, I actually am choosing to not worry about how much money I've got in the bank, how much food's on the table, what material possessions I've got. Let me just put this another way. Jesus is challenging yours and my priorities. And he challenges it to the very core. And it starts here in this book of Haggai, where God is inviting people who, for all intents and purposes, it's perfectly reasonable to rebuild the houses to rebuild the city. Let's get all that stuff done first and then when we've got time and when we've got the money and we've got the resources, we can build the house of God at the end of the project. And God's saying, no, let's put it the other way around and put my house at the beginning of the project. That sounds a bit mean. Sounds a bit... Let me just see how God explains his rationale here. Verse 3, then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you to yourselves be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. That little phrase is repeated again in verse 7. This is verse 5. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages, 
only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Reading a verse section of scriptures like this, I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, this is the invitation, Bruce, to join the dots. Join the dots of life. What matters in life? What matters to you, Bruce? What are you actually giving your careful thought to? And what is the mystery here to me? He goes on, I'll keep reading. This is what the Lord Almighty says in verse 7, give careful thoughts to your ways. How much thought care do I give to these kind of big issues? Go up into the mountains, bring down timber and build my house so that I might take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own home. Therefore, because of you, that's interesting, because of the choice that you've made, people, the heavens have withheld their dew, the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains. Um, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock and on all the labour of your hands. He's basically saying, this is my understanding of it, if you and I actually want God to have God supply those things to us, which is what Jesus ends up saying in Matthew, we'll get down to that in a moment, he will supply those things. But there's a really tricky bridge to cross and it's called faith. We sang about great is his faithfulness. The challenge for 2023 for me, and I want to put it to you as a church here this morning, is are we able to take it to another level of trusting God, especially for the things that Abraham Maslow basically says you've got to, get the, you've got to focus on those things first. We've got to actually take care of them first. But what if we've decided we're going to leave those things with God? Jesus invited us to leave that with God. He wants us to trust him so that if we make being in his house and being part of his house a priority, he will supply our need. He will actually fix up the holes in your purse, so to speak. In other words, what we get will actually do more than if we make getting more a priority. So let me see what else can come out of this scripture. Matthew 6 1921, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so he goes on a little later in that chapter, 25 through 34, to explain, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire, Will he not much more clothe you? And here's that really, really pokey little comment. You of little faith. Don't you love that pastoral care moment with Jesus? You of little faith. I think for me, the challenge of the Haggai story and the challenge of what Jesus is doing and saying in Matthew chapter 6 for 2023, is keeping our eyes as a priority on our own lot in life before God's purpose will lead to emptiness. Let me say that again. I'm not talking about 
I mean, it might be material lack or poverty, but certainly poverty of the soul. If your soul is feeling heavy, if your heart is not flourishing with joy, don't try to make it more joyful. The Bible invites us by faith to turn our attention off of being filled with joy to building his house. The key is to be a house builder, the house of God builder. Now, some people want to have an argument about what that actually means. Some people want to say, well, I believe in the worldwide church of God. So a local church congregation is not my thing. I just go where the spirit leads. I had a fairly interesting argument with dear friend Fergus McIntyre a number of years ago about my view that the local church is where it's at. And he said, you would say that, you're a local church pastor. Um, but I don't see the New Testament giving a lot of space to have a view other than local churches. If it wasn't about local church, they wouldn't be in the Bible. And they are. Whatever we might think about it, God's decided that the local church is where it happens. It's where we find community. And I'm not talking about, um, well, I am talking, I'm talking about us as a community of faith, how, how close are you to the people in this church, if you're a part of this church on a regular basis? How close, what kind of a priority is it to actually foster the friendships that are here to you? Is it something you expect other people to do for you? In other words, I'm just going to sit back and wait till someone invites me or talks to me. And if they don't, well, obviously they're not very friendly. It's like, I don't think that's where Jesus is at. I was like, Get on the front foot, people. Take a step of faith. Step out and, hey, why don't you come over? Why don't we go and do something? Let's go and have a coffee. Let's, let's chew the special treats. Can I say what they are? After, no, surprise, after church this morning. <laughs> it's just, yeah. No, it's, it's a little surprise. I've got it in big, bold text here. Through Haggai, God places a very easy choice in front of us, except that it requires unshakable faith. That is, to trust God for 2023. I want to put it to you that that would be, if I was going to have a New Year's resolution, that would be it for me this year. Trust God at a whole new level. Trust God. The moments when I'm lying in bed worrying about something, I need to stop that. I need to trust God. The moments when the phone rings and it's a phone number and I come up with a caller ID and I know who it is and I'm going, I don't want to speak to them. No, I don't do it very often. Got this a really annoying guy, that, a direct sales guy that keeps ringing me. And, you know some of those guys, he comes up, doesn't come up for air. He just, as soon as he, Bruce, how you doing, mate? As soon as he opens his mouth, I, oh, and he's one of those guys that, He's been taught to keep talking so you won't hang up on him, right? So anyway, the day he rang me before Christmas, Bruce, how you going, mate? <laughs> right in his ear. Well, it's taken, me, it's taken me about, I reckon, 12 months to work up to that. Because I'm basically, I kind of am a nice, nice guy and I like to give, give a guy a go, but sorry, no, you've burned your bridges there, buddy. Um, let me just say this again because it's bold in my notes. Look around the room, every one of you. 2023, smartest thing you could decide to do is to trust God. 
Trust God. Next time a little bump appears on the road, trust God. Next time the credit card bill turns up after Christmas, trust God. You go, well, how's that going to work? Well, I don't know, but trusting God's better than not trusting God. God can provide uh, means. Just unexpectedly, when we start to walk with a a consistent level of trust, and that is Jesus' invitation, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to live in. Our guy's saying, if you do do that, you're never going to be satisfied. You're always going to end up working, working, working. I'm reading an article by a journalist that I don't really like, but um, he, well, it's just because he's cynical, cranky, belligerent, kind of anti-church as well, but I won't name him in case he sues me because we're online. (laughs) But this guy was actually admitting in his his column he wrote that he's worked for, you know, very proud of work, 19 years and only had a few years off, a few days off here and there. And being cynical about people who get depressed and giving a hard time for people who burn out and people who get... And guess what? He's burned out and depressed. So the answer isn't working harder. You might think, well, I need to pay the bill so I get a second job. Well, that's, that's how the, they, they are saying, let's build our houses. The Bible says... Hang on a minute, is it worth just pausing that thought, Bruce, and actually trusting God? Maybe God's got something around the corner that's going to resolve that issue, whatever it might be. Um, I want to put it to you, this year is the year to trust God. And so give careful thought to your ways, folks. It might apply like never before. As interest rates keep going up, which they appear to be on that trajectory, as Politicians and other people, activists and other nameless people, are agitating to change so much of our society. There are huge issues, social issues, cultural issues, things that we might value as Christ followers that are under either the microscope or under attack. It's like, what do we do? Do we get in the streets and protest? Do we? I go, no way, Jose, we trust God. We just go to prayer. We come to church, we go to worship, we gather together. We actually do life together meaningfully. Church is not this building. Church is us gathered together and apart. And we've all got responsibilities to be reaching people who don't know Jesus one way or another. So conversations can happen with people. We have friendships outside of church. They're all, that goes without saying, don't, don't stop that. But let's make sure we shore up what's actually going on here, that we hang out. And when we do hang out, it's like, I want to get to know what makes you tick. It's really important for us as a family to just keep gluing together. And some of that's not, again, about, whoa, we've got to have more meetings and more get-togethers and more this and more that. No, no, let's do more trusting God together. So in a conversation, it could be asking John Tomer this at, over coffee after church. So how's the trust journey going? Not to be critical, but we keep each other accountable. This happened this week. I found myself praying and talking to God about it, and you go, well, guess what? It sorted out, or it changed, or something happened, or nothing happened, and I'm just waiting. But if I'm going to trust God, I can wait. Right? If I can trust God, I can wait. If I'm getting all narky about it hasn't happened yet, I've stopped trusting, because he's got my best interests 
at heart because great is his faithfulness. All right, so here's four questions to close. The 2023 challenge from Pastor Bruce. Number one, what can I do differently to enhance my connection with people in our church? Is it time to have a bit of a review about how you're doing what you're doing with regards to connection points here? I would say yes, good. Number two, what can I do differently with regards to giving to God in 2023? This thought popped in my mind. I think at the moment everybody's talking about CPI wage increases and wages are falling behind here and cost of living is going here and it's like when was the last time I reviewed what I'm giving God? Have I given him a CPI increase? Just as a really pathetic example. Or am I still giving what I gave God 10 years ago? Nothing's moved, but everything else has gone. Just a little question. What can I do differently with regards to giving to God? That may not be anything to do with money. It might be, you know what? I was thinking of pulling off the roster. I've changed my mind. I'm going to give God some more of my time. I don't know what it is. Maybe you thought I'm going to stop going to connect groups, waste of time. But what if it's not a waste of time? What if you being there is more important to somebody who else is there than it is for you personally to be there? Just as an example. Sometimes we get so caught up in our own thinking that life's all about me, but it isn't. What if it's about somebody else that's broken in your connect group that needs you to be there because you're part of the answer that God has for them to become unbroken? Just posing questions. Who can, number three, who can I invest more time in who is either in the church, in our church, or who is somebody who's on the way into our church, or who's somebody who's on the way out of our church? So that we have a view of securing them. Not binding them, I mean securing them. Helping them put their roots down a bit deeper. Sometimes it's the right season and time for someone to move out. And it's definitely the right time for someone to move in. But my question is, what are you going to do about it? It's not my job alone. It is part of my job, no doubt about it, to have my finger on the pulse, and I do. Some people don't think the pastor knows what's going on because only people talk to them because you're not really approachable, Bruce, and I am. We've had those conversations over the last 28 years. It's like, uh, yeah, but let me just point out that God actually sometimes shows us things that he doesn't show anybody else without being arrogant about it. But... Um, do your bit. Who are you going to help? Is this helping anybody? Is anyone getting a little bit cranky with me down there? Like, Thank you. All right. You thought coming on New Year's Day was going to be fun and fluffy. And then fourth, my last point is a question. Do I need a priorities audit? When was the last time I, I sat down and really thought about what are my priorities? Weekly, monthly, annual, financial, relational? It's not a question of saying you have to do that. It's just an invitation. Like, businesses audit themselves all the time. This day and age, you buy anything online. You do anything anywhere, and some idiot emails you with a survey. How do we do? <laughs> Honestly, Australia Post's the worst because they, they don't do anything. 
but send you emails asking for a survey. How do we do? So well, we're still waiting for the parcel to arrive. It was due on the 12th of December. It still hasn't arrived. It's now January. It's like, do you really want to know? Anyway, I digress. <coughs> do I need a priority order? In other words, is my life or parts of my life empty? Am I prepared to look at the parts of my life that are fruitless, barren, boring, disconnected, self-absorbed, whatever you could put that, I would say that's basically empty. Is it time to have a conversation with Jesus about that and say, Lord, I want that part of my life to be revived, refreshed, renewed, changed. I want to say to you, trying harder and working longer may not be the answer. Trust in God. Why don't we stand to our feet? Can we just go back to singing Great Is Your Faithfulness just for a minute uh, before I pray? I'll move this stuff out the way. So. Just encourage you to let the words as we sing them together, Great Is Your Faithfulness. Settle on your heart afresh after what I've said. Something that I've said crank, made you cranky, that's a good thing. Something I've said made you f- go, I wonder if that's a good thing. I don't know what God's done with what I've said this morning, but I do know this, his faithfulness is up to something in your life. So let's sing this together for a few times. those words. Father, we just let those words settle on us this morning. Lord, I pray for any of us who even now are thinking, I've got to do more. I've got to try harder. Lord, to stop that. Show us your ways, Lord. Show us how it actually translates from the words that I've said, trust God to actions that as individuals we can take. Lord, I pray that out of your incredible abundance, every family, every individual here gathered and those listening online, every permutation of life, every complexity, every 
I can say, bump in the road. Every obstacle and or challenge that might be in front of every individual in this place this morning would be able to let the words, I trust God, settle on those situations. And we let your faithfulness guide us into 2023. Your faithfulness lead us into a brand new era of abundance, a brand new era of growth. Lord, I pray over our church that the season of flatlining coming out of COVID is over. And Lord, that declared 2023 is going to be about growth. Lord, as the world's talking about recessions and economic headwinds and challenges, we're going to declare great is your faithfulness. The God of heaven and of earth has not left the building. God, your goodness would wash over us, over every family. Mighty God, we cry out to you afresh today. Say, God, you will supply our need because you've promised to do it. Lord, let us stand on the promises that are in your word like never before. Father, I pray for joy to well up on the inside, not because we're trying to feel happy, but because your joy is a spirit that comes from the depths of heaven in every believer's heart, that the joy of the Lord be our strength this morning. In Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you, Lord. Front of our church is always open for prayer at the end of the service every week. Love to pray with you. But you know what? You can pray for each other. You can pray with people. The person sitting alongside you this morning might just have a word for you from God. Might just have a word of encouragement for you. Might have already had that word and you go, that's changed my day. That's beautiful. That's how church works. So let's go and enjoy a treat, a coffee. After we now are going to sing our last song, right? We're going out the door with a whole lot of joy.